Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast, where we share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Josh Hershey, General Manager of Amphenol Broadband Solutions, as we talk about how his business is helping to support connectivity as the demand on networks has increased dramatically over the last few weeks, and how the ABS product and technology portfolio is helping the health and safety of installers and technicians as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. So Josh, I don't know too much about Amphenol Broadband Solutions. I should probably know more than I do. But if you could give me a, just a quick description of what your business does, your your elevator speech, so to speak, uh, what would you? how would you describe Amphenol Broadband Solutions? Yeah, Chris. So Amphenol Broadband Solutions consists of a number of different companies and operations, both with, internally within the ABS group and uh, sister divisions that we support to that, that uh, um, offer one of the largest RF and optical interconnect solution sets for broadband operators globally. So this would be, you know, the various products, both from an RF radio frequency standpoint and an optical standpoint that um, that uh, hook up the networks for the large telecom operators like the Comcast and the AT&Ts and the charters of the world. Right. Um, so really what, what we make is the stuff that gives you the, the broadband and the video signals that you use uh, on a daily basis uh, in your homes and in your offices, et cetera. So much of that that is vital to what we're doing in this day and age, especially um, with everyone having to, you know, a lot of people having to work from home and stay at home and, and, and all those restrictions that have been placed on daily life now. So that brings up, it's a nice segue into this COVID-19 situation has brought about some new, unique opportunities for your group as well. Can you just describe some of those? Sure, Chris. Yeah. So, I mean, I think from our customer standpoint, as you mentioned, you know, um, now more than ever, they're seeing, you know, what they do and, and corresponding to that, what we do to help support them, the importance of that, you know, as you mentioned with the, with the work from home and the school from home uh, and the demand for connectivity uh, in moving to much different environments. Um, it's put an extended pressure on them to make sure their networks can handle all this. And in, in, you know, in, in return, it also, they're coming to us and asking how we can help support, um, support all this. So for our teams, you know, it's been um, kind of a, you know, daily on a daily basis, you kind of get into a groove of what you do, but I think situations like this really show how important it is what we do to support our customers because um, of how important what they do is to support, you know, the connectivity of this world and especially to keep us going in, in these kind of times um, that are challenging. But, you know, what, one of the, they, they really kind of come to us in two major areas uh, of challenges or opportunities that they're facing today with COVID-19. As I mentioned, you know, one is the demand on their network. And I can give you some details of some of the things they're seeing, but there's obviously a significant demand um, on their network and a demand that has changed pretty drastically. Um, from how the network is being used, you know, with with things like video conference and mm -hmm. school from home, uh, as well as the how the network's dispersed, you know, more residential uh, demand versus, you know, previously a lot more business demand and the times of demand, uh, you know, skewing to different hours than, than they were normally accustomed to. Right. And then the other the other big challenge that they're facing that they're asking us to help them with, uh, Chris, is is the health and safety uh, during the installation process. So you know, I'm sure. Uh, like most people, you've had, uh, you know, you called up your cable operator and asked them to come install, you know, video or broadband in your house. The technician shows up and comes inside the house and 
walks around and, and does the installation. As you can imagine, um, both from their side, the field tech side, as well as the consumer side, there's a lot less uh, interest or there's a lot more concern about having, you know, strangers uh, walk around inside your house. So they're trying to figure out how can we keep this demand environment um, satisfied while lessening the risk of having, you know, field technicians throughout people's homes. So th those are kind of two big areas they've come to us on and, and, um, and, and asked us to help and have created opportunities for us. And we are trying to, you know, rapidly adjust in both of those areas uh, to how to support them. So what types of products and technologies are they asking for from you to help satisfy this rapid increase in demand for these types of solutions that they need? Yeah, so maybe I could start with the, the health and safety of the installation, and then we'll talk a little bit more about the network capacity issues. But from a from a health and safety standpoint, you know, uh, their mindset is how do we do more installations without having to send field technicians into your house? Um, and this is something we've worked with them on for many years. Uh, we've worked with the big telecom operators to put in place what we call self-install programs, and we've been uh, a leader at Amphenol Broadband Solutions for many years on helping drive solution sets um, for this. Um, and the idea of this is when you call up and say, hey, I want to add a high-speed um, broadband to my home, instead of having a tech come out and install a modem in your house, they send you a box in the mail um, with all the equipment to do that and, mm. and an instruction manual, and they ask you to do it yourself. Right. And for, for more financial reasons in the past, they had already started moving in heavily in this direction. And I would say most operators, the larger ones are, you know, 40 to 50% self-installed. They kind of publicly disclose that data. Um, but, and we supported that as a strategic partner with, you know, prepackaged uh, kits that go in those boxes that include things like, um, you know, coaxial cable and, and, and assemblies and RF splitters and things that we make in our factories that we then kind of kit together and, and send to them and they box it up with instructions in the modem and, and send it out to the consumer. Um, what we've seen though is obviously, uh, you know, they, they, in the last few weeks, they've been really trying to push that from a 40 to 50% environment to, a, you know, what ideally for them would be 90 to 100% environment. So in, in, instead of having kind of the option of you, you deciding whether you want a tech to come in and hook up your network or you do it yourself, it now becomes almost mandatory, um, except for, you know, very unique situations where it's not effective. Um, so what that caused is them coming back to us and saying, hey, the, these self-install um, solutions you provide us, and we, we would like you to try to increase the capacity on those by 2 to 3x, which, as you can imagine, Chris puts a huge um, um, pressure on our supply chain. I mean, yeah. the offset is there's other products that we make that are specific for field installation that, are, that we're seeing a slowdown in. Um, and so you kind of got a, a double whammy. You're trying to ramp up one set of products as they move to this new type of installation product process while also, you know, slowing down or figuring out how to manage through a, a softer environment on products that are, you know, being used in the, in the environment that is, is shrinking uh, for some period of time. And, and there's a lot of questions of, is this something that's going to become more permanent, you know, or mm -hmm. is this more of a one-time spike uh, in, as they drive this, this new, you know, mindset. But, um, so through that, we've really spent a lot of time trying to figure out how quickly we can ramp the supply chain. Um, we're doing much more frequent calls with the supply chain teams of our customers to kind of say, okay, we, obviously going from, you know, a set amount to three times that amount in a one week period is, is, is not possible or extremely challenging. So as we ramp up, how do we disperse these to the proper locations to, to try to feed as many, as much of the demand as we can while at the same time, um, you know, executing on our side to continue that ramp up. and. A lot of that ramp up 
unfortunately, is being done in, in Asia. That's where a lot of these products are kitted together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and our teams over there, as you know, have done an excellent job of coming back really um, at full capacity. And so uh, uh, it's allowed us to really accelerate uh, our supply over there. And, and they've worked closely with their supply chain partners in Asia to, to be able to ramp up to these levels or start to try to ramp up to these, these significant levels that, that our customers are looking for. So you've touched on it a bit uh, in as as far as some of the things that you've done to scale up for this change in your business. Are there other things internally um, in the factories that, that you've done to help support this new demand? Yeah, as I mentioned, a lot of this product line, it comes out of Asia. So it's been really trying to work closely with them to make sure they understand the demand levels um, and, um, you know, consistently kind of have good visibility and, and help them from with their supply chain partners that, you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we've done a great job, I think, across all of Amphenol, um, but uh, even within our group about coming back so quickly and so strong in Asia. Right. Um, but maybe some of our material suppliers haven't been as uh, aggressive and or as effective as we have been on that. So um, we spent a lot of time kind of helping support them with these key suppliers to make sure they understand the importance of, of ramping up the raw material. Um, and, and, uh, I think the biggest thing that, that in the, any of these environments, right, is communication and making sure we're over communicating both internally and externally, uh, with both the customers and the suppliers, um, to understand, you know, this big shift in business and how we can most effectively do it. But, uh, that, that's one. And I would say the other is we also are trying to think outside the box on, um, various things we can do to help supplement the demand, uh, even over here at, uh, some of the things we we are, are, are proposing to the customers that they're interested in is taking alternative solutions that we may have, like kits that don't necessarily fit what they are looking for today and reworking them or um, sourcing local local um, additional pieces that can be added in to help kind of fill the short-term capacity while we have this ramp up over in Asia uh, getting over here. Finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how uh, and some of the procedures or some of the, just an overall understanding of what you're doing to protect the people that work in your factory factories. Sure. I mean, so obviously since this started and, and, and as I'm sure you're aware, Chris, we, we were ahead of this over in our Asia facilities initially and um, work closely with them on best practices to get through this and create a safe working environment. And that includes, you know, things like temperature taking upon entry, a mask for all employees, gloves for all employees, you know, proper spacing for the, for the individuals and, and obviously, in some environments, that's easier than others, depending on the product uh, you know you're making. Right. Um, you know, definitely relieve, relieving or, uh, or sending home at-risk type of employees, so so that the, the people that are highly um, susceptible to this and, and uh, are are not in the facility. So we've kind of done all those standard things, um, or maybe not standard, but that I know a lot of Amphenol has implemented, and we've worked really hard to do that. And and I think you know. Um, Pat on the back to all amp and all, including us, that we didn't have any issues over in our Asia facilities uh, of any cases. Um, so we know that or we believe that those procedures we put in place are effective and, and can contribute to a very safe working environment. Um, and we continue those processes, of course, over there. Um, and at the same time, as the virus has spread you know, through other parts of the world and other parts of the, the world we operate in, and we have facilities in, you know, throughout North America and in, in Latin America and Brazil and in Asia. And, in Europe, we've tried to implement those same best practices um, in each one of our facilities 
Um, so that, that the stuff that we did over in Asia that we knew was effective, we've implemented, you know, those same types of procedures and precautions and, and mandatory um, PPNE um, equipment here in, in, in the other parts of the world. Um, while at the same time, you know, empowering our local management at each one of our facilities to uh, over and above that do what they feel is necessary to, you know, support the teams and create the most safe environment they can in their specific scenarios and cases. And we have a lot of good uh, manufacturing leadership throughout the uh, throughout our operations with lots of experience. So we've really asked, uh, you know, or given them the, the support to say, okay, what over and above that can we help you with and do that's more specific to your region? Because obviously each person's dealing with something different, both, you know, where they are in the world or where they are in the country, as well as what product they make. And, and you know, we've been very, like the rest of all, I have been very um, supportive of them to say, you know, priority number one is the safety of you and your employees or our employees. And, and priority two is how do we continue to support our customers when they need us more than ever? Well, Josh, thank you very much for taking a few minutes to to talk to everyone about this. I know you're in very busy days, as is everyone right now, but I think this information, just hearing your story, uh, will will help people, I think, feel a little bit better and part of this Amphenol community. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Great. Thank you, Chris. It's my pleasure, and uh, hoping uh, you and your family and the rest of the Amphenol is uh, safe through these challenging times. Thanks, and same to you, your family, the ABS family. Um, all the best to everyone. Thank you, sir.